Welcome, video gamers, to episode 191 of the Nerd Travaganza podcast, where our brains have gamer's thumb and those aren't power gloves on our wrists. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. I'm Chris. And I'm Cam. That meant we have like carpal tunnel syndrome playing video games. That's, so we have those things on our wrists. For those of you that didn't get that, we know you all did. <laughs> Anyway, this week we will be discussing the effects of gaming on the brain and the human personality. This coming in the wake of some uh, online discoveries Brian made regarding that topic. Before we get into the episode, though, I will remind our listeners that they can score big with us by subscribing to us on iTunes and rating us number one. And now let's kick things off in our usual arcade fashion with our weekly geekly geekly weekly update brian since you sort of inspired tonight's topic we'll let you lead off with the updates pretty exciting week for me i'm finally getting over all the the holiday stuff and the cleaning the house after the holidays and everything and um just getting back into being able to relax a little bit more as uh, as i was telling you last week i was excited about this picked up the obi-wan and anakin comic now that uh, Chewbacca's over, they have to fill it with another mini run. Pretty cool book. It is kind of during his training, pre-Clone Wars. So it, it's bratty Anakin who's trying not to be such a little shit. <laughs> Which is, I think, the best we could have hoped for. Jake Lloyd Anakin? Uh, yeah, yeah, like before uh actually in the story even before uh shreve got his hands on him so he wasn't nearly as dark shreve who how do i not know who that is uh, shreve palpatine the guy oh i didn't even know that was shreve i didn't even know that was palpatine's first name yep wow that shows what a non-fan i really am <laughs> awesome so uh yeah i also picked that up i'll have to give it a read and I, I just got to say, man, as much as I bitch about alt covers, there's some really cool covers for this one. For the Obi-Wan one, really? Yeah, there were some really good ones. Uh, they have a, a photo one. I, I don't know. Photo covers never felt right in comics for me. I don't like that one too much. But they have, I mean, it's such a good source material, like two badasses with lightsabers and those cool cloaks. They they have them they have them just all over the place standing there looking badass like the different saber poses looking badass I think there's one that's actually them fighting totally cool covers I almost bought I almost bought three of them. <laughs> please don't tell me these things <laughs> I don't need them speaking of things I also don't need um there there's a Kickstarter out that I'm that I'm watching I haven't backed it yet but that's kind of only because i don't know how much to back it for not because i'm i'm not sure i will back it one of my my favorite mini game makers does the little wallet games and it's 20 cards in a tiny little wallet and that's the entire game and they're super simple like one was the um the cats where you're either a cop cat a villain cat or a like the cool cat that doesn't want to get involved and it's and it's very resistancy. Hmm. They're dirt cheap. They're like I think five bucks or seven bucks or something like that. And they're they're so minimalist, but they're actually really decent games. And uh, this one is actually kind of a chess set. It's called uh, 
Avignon, a clash of popes. And it's, you know, you as a pope and your army versus other player as a pope and his army. And uh, two-player strategy game. Kind of excited about that. He will be getting between 5 and $10, depending on stretch goals and shipping from me. That sounds kind of cool. I did not know popes uh, clashed, actually, so I got a little... I think King was taken. <laughs> might have been, yeah. Might have been. I, I, I don't know. It might have been actually the color of their robes. Could have been, actually. Hmm. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. And kind of to follow up the uh, the resolution, I decided to... I'm going to go with leatherworking first. Well, I went with woodworking first, but that was a pretty simple project. I already banged it out. But uh, leatherworking is my first like totally new skill. I've never done anything like that before. So I picked up two like like starter kits, like sew leather, tan leather dye leather easy to make kits i'm gonna start with a uh a little business card holder damn man you're getting uh downright like crafty yeah you're turning into a real man there yeah leaving us weaklings Uh, i'm going to run away and join the renaissance fair (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have an odd feeling that we're gonna get some interesting christmas gifts this year uh, in a almost a year's time, I might have something presentable. So it, it is <laughs> not without possibility. Hey, man, as long as it comes from the heart, I don't judge. Well, in that case, I'm not going to waste the leather on you. <laughs> <laughs> Kick ass, man. Sounds like a pretty full week. I look forward to seeing more of your craftsmanship. A, a full week and the longest I have in my life kept a resolution. <laughs> well full, done full six days yep. <laughs> awesome chris over to you man what you been up to well i squeezed in some more tail feathers this time with some wargaming buddies of mine and um we are intrigued it's a kind of a hybrid game it's a little bit like a board game it's a little bit like a war game because you have these mice and rats that are going up and down the tree and you can also launch off a leaf to have an invading army go to the other side. And, uh, you know, then it's like X-Wing because of the swallows and crows that are flying around and dive-bombing things. And then the board game aspect is you have this kind of bluffing mechanic where you put down a mission that doesn't get resolved until after the turn, but, you know, the enemies can try to fly over it, upend it, and see if they can get rid of it. It's pretty cool. I finished up the uh, audio book for Integral Trees, which I had mentioned last week. I think the story holds up. I mean, it's over, shoot, 30, 30 years old now. It still holds up. It's pretty cool. But I'll tell you what, a narrator and an audiobook can make all the difference. I know, Cam, you're a big fan of audiobooks. No, that's 100% true. Like, if, if, it's, if I can't take the, the narrator, uh, um, I can't listen to it. I have to turn it off. I had to kind of grit my teeth because this guy was very nasally. Um, I mean, compared to how James Marster did uh, the Dresden file stuff, that was just amazing. And the narrator who did all the Harry Potter stuff, he won a Grammy for his work. Mm. And that stuff was just, fan- you know, even if you're not a big Harry Potter fan, if you just want to listen to the narr- narrator on that audiobook, you couldn't be a bad 
we had to waste some time. It's a skill for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really big, was he doing voices or was he not doing voices? Kinda, but he's so nasally that it didn't, you know, work as well as like James Marster had done Mm. with his characterizations. Gotcha. And, you know, I can tell you from personal experience, doing those characterizations are a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you have to like switch back and forth. Switch back and forth, maintain consistency. Mm. One of the jokes about Lost in Space actually is they had like, they never kept a baseline. So the guy who always did the Robbie the Robot, he always, the voice is always a little different in each episode because they just said, go in there, do it. And he's like, but does it sit there? Like, go ahead. We don't care. (laughs) It's a robot. He doesn't have a voice. Exactly. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Got also into a new webcomic. I think it's pronounced Mortafina, Mortafella. The setup is a branch of the Crusades that kind of fight fire with fire. They actually summon demons to fight demons on occasion. Uh, but this order is now down to one brother, one sister, one captive badass demon. And uh, they're trying to find out who set up the murder of his father. It's The art's really great. You know, the storyline is cool. Uh, the artist said he wanted to combine his love of history, conspiracy, and heavy metal. <laughs> All into one stew. But yeah, you should check it out. It's cool. And then speaking of the cool, finally, oh my God, the fifth episode of The Expanse came out. Uh, They put four episodes up front, and I think that was a very savvy thing they did, especially considering that they were going up against Star Wars this month. And those four hours kind of read more like a long movie to me. I enjoyed it. I mean, if you liked the pilot, I think you're going to be just hooked by the kick-ass fourth episode. And this fifth episode was a little more low-key, but it was still really good. You know, especially once you're already hooked and you're kind of caring about the politics and characters in play. And I think this is also Thomas Paine's, some of his best acting work I've seen. Cool. Awesome. Chris, I know we chatted a little bit online today, but I caught the first episode of The Expanse. And uh, while my companion wasn't as wowed by it as I was. I was almost immediately hooked and I'm probably going to grow my hair out like that cool cop (laughs) character. Get it shaved a little on the left and a little on the right. Yeah. I kind of was almost rocking that a few years back. And now that I see him with it, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can make it work. Cause he's no spring chicken. He's a little older. Right. So, uh, you know, like me, so I think I can pull it off. You can totally pull it off, Tom. Please don't tell me he's 22. (laughs) (laughs) I want me a pair of mag boots. Me too. So I can go tromping around with a cool tromping sound. I want to live in a gritty space future where life is uncertain. (laughs) (laughs) So have you caught the inference of of how they do gravity on the spaceships yet? No, it seems like there are, you either magnetize with uh, surfaces that, that, that use the boots or what are they doing? Like the centrifugal thing or whatever it's called. Well, for the starships, it's actually just thrust. The sh- the ships aren't built like ocean lining ship or an airliner where, you know, you've got gravity pulling you down. So you're standing perpendicular to the length of your craft. In this show, if you catch it, you're actually in line with your craft because the thrust of it going forward is what your gravity is or it simulates your gravity. Oh, is that why making these maneuvers is such a 
kind of risky proposition, it seems like, when they have to make an abrupt maneuver? Yes, yes, because they have no gravity when they make that curve. Oh, that sucks. That's not the Star Trek future I want. Yeah, right. <laughs> Welcome to hard sci-fi, man. <laughs> I want to sit in a lounging chair with no seatbelt and like fight Klingons and stuff. And drink 10 forward without having to worry about my, you know, whatever ale floating away. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. funny because there's one scene where the guy's pouring out some uh, whiskey and it actually goes in a weird spiral into the glass because hmm. he's, you know, working with the gravity effects. Cool. Speaking of gravity, I also like the way that the native belters look compared to uh, planet side humans. Well, actually, in the books, they're even more exaggerated, but there's only so much you can do on a TV show budget. Oh, here we go. The book, the book, the book. <laughs> That's for another episode, okay? Okay, you promise? Tom tried his best. <laughs> <laughs> right, I tried my best through screwing up pre-show to make that tonight's topic, but uh, thankfully, Brian got me back on. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Track. He got the narrative right. Like I said, if it wasn't Star Wars out there, the biggest thing in 20 years, people would be talking much more about The Expanse. It wouldn't be the slow burn that's going on for it right now. It would be just people be like, oh my God, this is the next Battlestar Galactica Game of Thrones. Oh! Probably exactly in that voice. That's, <laughs> how I, that's my inner voice. <laughs> anyway, awesome, man. Anything else? No, we're good. All right, Cam, over to you. Oh man, I uh, was gone last week. I took the companion up to uh, Disney. We were there all week. It was amazing. Uh, you know, hit all the parks, stayed at a, at a really nice resort up there. Just, you know, kicked back, did some uh, relaxing and, you know, re recharging after a long year and uh, had a great um, New Year's at Epcot. It was super packed, but uh, it, it, it was still a great time. We had, we had an amazing time. Uh, while we were up in Orlando, we also hit uh, Cloak and Blaster, the ga the gaming pub there. Um, had a nice meal, played some games. I, I love that place. It's always it's always a good time. It was packed as usual. Really, really fun place to go. Also went to Gods and Monsters up there. Always glad to hear they're hanging on. Yeah, they, I mean they they look like they were doing all right. I mean there was a lot of people there, and I mean I don't know how much sale I don't know how many sales they were doing, but I mean they they got some sales from us. My my companion uh, was amazing and, and surprised me with this uh, like 1980s new in box, you know, still in box, still in shrink Han Solo carbonite uh, action figure, which is really cool. Uh, she, she picked it up from there, which was, uh, which was amazing. I have it Ooh. prominently displayed in my house right now. Um, other than that, uh, you know, got back in time for some gaming at the adventure game store this week. Um, did a bunch of that, um, took advantage of a bunch of after Christmas sales, uh, or, you know, an after new year sales, you know, everything Star Wars is on sale right now. Um, especially Kohl's at <laughs> Kohl's. I know we talked about Kohl's last episode <laughs> I was on, uh, they're just dumping it. So I've just been taking advantage of that, especially with my Kohl's cash that I had left over from my pre Christmas shopping. Uh, that's been coming in pretty handy and, and, uh, you know, helping out. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Just been, uh, playing with the toys that I got, uh, from Christmas and, uh, buying some new stuff that, uh, is on the cheap and, uh, happy to be back. Awesome, man. Glad to, uh, glad to have you back in the real world with us. And, uh, I really hope that the Coles blowout sales and indicator that the star Wars craze is almost over and we can reap all the benefits. 
Yes, for sure. I guess with that update out of the way, it brings it over to me. And let's see, what have I been up to? I'm not giving up that much. Oh, yes. Did I, did I mention Project Fi last week, guys, on the show? My, my new phone plan? Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll mention it again. So I'm not content to just get a new phone and like either transfer my existing number over or use my Google Voice number with Project Fi. I have to complicate it by trying to figure out how I can have two phones. <laughs> well, I've got this unlimited data... Uh, Unlimited with an asterisk data plan from AT and T. Right. We've talked about this quote in the past. unquote unlimited, yeah, right. And not knowing if I want to stick with Fi long term or transfer over my AT and T plan, I want to keep my AT and T phone. Well, my decent AT and T phone, the Galaxy S four, has a shattered screen, and so I busted out my old original Galaxy, like the Galaxy S, which has like a a mod on it. You know, it's running a, a open version of Android, man. They've really made some progress in phones. That thing is slow and cannot do <laughs> what I want it to do. Namely, I basically want it to field everything with Google Hangouts so that my project Fi number rings both phones, but I'm using the AT&T data plan for the one, right. And chatting over voice over IP, essentially. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, this phone is a real clunker. It, it's really old. So I'm looking around for cheap phones and kind of thinking of hitting up my friends for their old used phones. But in my searches, I came up with a possible solution, which is a phone made by a company called Blue. Have you ever heard of them? B-L-U? Nope. They evidently make fairly cheap and at least decent enough looking Android devices. And this being kind of a secondary indulgence on my part, I may go that route. So I will have a needlessly convoluted mobile telephony solution in place sometime soon. <laughs> Don't ask me why or do. I, I really think my parents divorce screwed me up. I just can't let go of one thing in favor of another. <laughs> so how's Fi doing for you? Fi is like shockingly good. Um, evidently it switches between, I think, T-Mobile and Sprint Towers and Wi-Fi whenever possible. And I've yet to go somewhere where I didn't have some kind of signal. So it's pretty flawless so far. Even here in my house where I get zero reception, the only reason my AT&T phone gets reception here is because I'm using one of those little femtocell boosters. It gets like, it gets signal somehow and like the signal will drop to zero but then the wi-fi thing will pick up like i'm it's like magic Hmm. (laughs) so uh so far it's pretty awesome i'm kind of impressed and uh they're i don't care if they parse everything i say and and use it against me in the future that's fine it's fine i'm gonna be an agent of the big machine that controls the earth let's see apart from that uh playing some battlefront and reconnected with some old friends of mine who I did a little games writing for back in the day on their site when they had one. Um, and they got me to get back into battlefield four of all games, which, you know, battlefront battlefield, there are some similarities comparing and contrasting the two battlefront is gorgeous. Like it's obvious that it's a newer game. It's beautiful. It sounds awesome. It's just star Wars. Like if, if you like star Wars, which I do, you'll love battlefront for that reason. But man, it is really a shallow shooter compared to battlefield four, 
which has just like a lot going on in the way of classes and techniques and, and objectives and so on. I can see why hardcore shooter enthusiasts don't like Battlefront, but I can also on the uh, on the flip side see why somebody who's into Battlefront is definitely not getting into getting pwned in Battlefield Four, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they they serve kind of similar but different audiences. So Battlefield Four, check it out. Lots of expansions out for that game now, for me to sink my teeth into it. So yeah, look forward to me being like a total bro shooter fan again before long. <laughs> I'm all about shooters, bro. Yeah, I play the Battlefront. Then I'll get into Madden, and then that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> also, one last thing I want to bounce this off you guys. Just an idea. What do you guys think of a gadget show-and-tell event? Meaning... Everybody got cool little toys and gadgets, or maybe they made their own little toys and gadgets, but whatever, you know, Christmas having passed, a lot of my friends got neat things. What about a little nurse travaganza show and tell event uh, once a week at a a venue uh, of my or our choosing where we just invite people to come show off their gadgets and gizmos just for fun, just to kind of hang out. Sounds good to me. Sounds like kind of a neat idea. We don't need a, we don't need an actual strategic decision on it tonight, but I just wanted to bounce it off you guys publicly to see what you think possible candidates are my little bb8 are my stupid phones are uh any little gadgets i come up with oh and your your cleaning robots my cleaning robots right <laughs> what uh wh- which which one did you get did you get the the, the self-docking one or did you get the one with the remote control the robot yeah which bb8 did you get oh okay wait there is a self-docking one because mine he sits on a charging dock and then i have to control him with the phone Oh, okay. Yeah, well, no, I, I didn't know if it was self-docking. I, 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 I misspoke because there's two. There's one that is, I think, the one that you have that you, you control with the smartphone. Yep. And then there's one, which is the one that I got, which is exactly the same, except that it's controlled by an actual remote control, like like, like a like almost like an RC car kind of thing. Ooh, I, got, yeah. Yeah, I got the phone one. We know we'll have to compare and contrast at the yes, first ever yes. Nerdstravaganza gadget show and tell. Absolutely. But do they fly? No, but, and it's funny, and more inspiration for that, somebody I know, former host here at the Nurse Travaganza, has a little mini drone that does fly, kind of like what you have, Chris. We could have fly-offs. We could. Fly-offs. <laughs> anyway, just a thought. Look for another new exciting event, maybe possibly coming from the Nurse Travaganza podcast in the greater Fort Lauderdale area here in Florida, USA. Maybe. Is that makerspace still around? It is. It is, That'd actually. be a good place to do it. Ooh, brilliant. Yeah, that would be the um, Maker's Square, I think it's called. Yeah, maybe I'll approach them. That's a brilliant idea, Brian. Could actually show off like what you created. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Look, I made a thing. I made a thing. Check it out. Excellent, Brian. Excellent suggestion. We're going to move forward with that. Don't anybody steal our idea. (laughs) Anyway, that's my update. And so now... It's time for the news extravaganza with none other than returning from abroad. And by abroad, we mean Disney <laughs> reporter I Cam. Was, I was there with a broad, but. Oh, uh, oh wow. Yeah, your, like I get away with companion, but I'm not sure I'm allowed to throw broad around at this point. She's from Ohio. I think she's fine with it. Okay, cool. Yeah, the news is abundant this week. I guess I'll start off with Oculus Rift came out this week. Everything, uh, you know, was, was, uh, you know, pretty much, uh, 
you know, what, what everyone thought it was going to be, except for the price tag, you know, they had kicked around numbers of like 300, 399 for, for the Oculus Rift. When it came out, it was actually 599.99. So 600 bucks to get an Oculus Rift. Predictably, the internet was ablaze with, you know, flames of how can it be this much? And, you know, everyone was all upset, but that really didn't matter at all because they sold out within minutes. And uh, uh, they're having to the point that, you know, their, their site almost crashed because they couldn't process all the orders. So um, 599 was uh, apparently not enough to keep the early adapters away. And um, they initially wanted to ship in March. uh, But now they're saying it's probably going to be more like May uh, when they ship. Yeah, Oculus Rift sold out in minutes, and um, uh, by May we'll have a bunch of douches walking around looking like idiots with things on their face. Hey, 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 whoa! <laughs> Sorry, whoa. I'm, I'm only angry because I'm not going to be one of those douches, but uh, I'm a big believer in VR, man. You know, I, I was until we started seeing this Hololens stuff. Oh, you're more into the immersion, uh, okay? Yeah, because uh, I don't know, man. I just maybe it's just because I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm not, you know. I just don't see myself walking around with something like that on my face. Well, walking around is, or, or be, even whatever, you know, like maybe if it got to the point where it was like Google glass type things where you could still see, or like maybe even like contacts, you know, maybe I could, I, I, I can see that happening, but I mean, the Oculus Rift just looks like you're like one of those old ladies, like at the mall with like those big, those big black, gla- <laughs> <laughs> those big black things over your glasses, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, man. Well, we'll see. All right. Uh, next story. Uh, let's see. Staying in the sci-fi vein. Um, Star Wars, obviously it's just keeps rolling and rolling. We've already talked about it on the show. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it several more times, but um the latest controversy has been all the toys and and games and everything that's come out that have excluded Ray. Oh yeah, uh, you know the internet has been ablaze about that as well. Why isn't Ray? You know why isn't she in this? Why isn't she in that? Why you know how come she's not featured? And you know on on this whatever. Um, and Hasbro actually got into some hot water because they had initially left her out of their Star Wars Episode Seven monopoly offering um they had opted to put in luke skywalker instead of ray and people just started flaming them and so they backpedaled and said oh well you know what we're not only gonna keep luke skywalker but we're gonna add ray as well so you know they bowed to the pressure um as well i think they should have i mean they should have had her in 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 it to begin with but uh, at least they recognized their mistake and they did the right thing so the um if you're into Monopoly and you're into Star Wars, you probably should pick that up because Ray will now be featured prominently in that game. Speaking of uh, women's rights and and uh, women, uh, you know, female discrimination, uh, let's talk about Pac-Man. We all love Pac-Man, right? I think I, I think I can speak oh, yes. for all of you guys by saying that we 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 all love Pac-Man universally. It turns out that Pac-Man was initially designed and created to bring women into arcades really toru awatani i'm probably butchering his name but toru awatani the uh creator of pac-man came out this week and said yeah you know when i created pac-man it was because i knew that women probably didn't want to 
shoot at people and kill things and beat up, uh, you know, beat up all, you know, on different monsters and stuff like that. Um, I thought that they would be more comfortable eating things. (laughs) 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 Like like, you're basically running around eating things, eating fruit and, uh, you know, just, just hanging out basically. That's better than where my mind was going. Yeah. Well, (laughs) are we, uh, are we sure this guy actually isn't responsible for the Star Wars marketing decisions? Yeah, I'm sure he probably <laughs> had something to do with that too. Um, so he basically wanted to bring more lady gamers into an arcade. What the funny thing is, is that it worked. <laughs> um, by 1982, after Pac-Man came out, there was a extremely noticeable uptick in women at the arcade. So much so that Electronic Game Magazine released an article about it. They did a study on gamer demographics and essentially attributed Pac-Man to the rise of female gamers. Wow. Still in the commemorative Pac-Man toy collections that come out, you can't get a Miss Pac-Man to save your life. It's all it's yeah. just Pac-Man. And <laughs> um yeah, and and I guess other game makers sort of capitalized on that as well like Berserk, Space Invaders, you know, uh, uh, different games that you know started coming out Burger and, Time. And yeah, yeah. All these female gamers just started, you know, flocking to the uh, the arcades because of these, these I guess more feminine games. That just I just thought that was hilarious. I mean, the fact that it worked doesn't make it right, but it's just it's just funny that it did to me. I don't know. I'm not trying to offend any women, but like that's it's just weird that that happened. Let's see. Uh, speaking of offensive, um, Game of Thrones season six will be out in April. The original uh, plan was for George R.R. R. Martin to release his sixth book um, by uh, March, The Winds of Winter, which is the sixth installment of the Song of Ice and Fire series. But he is woefully inadequate in reaching deadlines. And so he basically has come out and said, I'm not even close, not going to make the March deadline. Just go ahead and watch the uh, season six of Game of Thrones and uh, you know, wait for my book whenever it comes out. And sadly, there will be spoilers in the season six of Game of Thrones. So I probably won't be watching season six. Uh, I'll DVR it and just leave it there, I guess, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) wait for the book to come out. No, I mean, he's given no indication as to when the when the book will actually come out. Um, Just, you know, hopefully before he croaks. Ooh, ouch. He's got one more after that, Cam. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, at least we, I mean, if nothing else, like, let's get one, if not, you know, the seventh one. But, uh, you know, let's see what happens. Fallout, of course, over the last few few weeks, it has been all the rage as well as Star Wars, but Fallout, uh, Fallout 4 has been huge. People are still losing tons of time playing that game. Uh, but apparently over the last couple weeks, uh, a bunch of online gamers have been one-upping each other by doing just crazy crazy speed run-throughs of of fallout new vegas they started doing it in like 20 21 minutes and as recently i think as yesterday uh somebody did it sub 15 minutes went through the whole game in 15 minutes in under 15 minutes it was like 14 minutes 54 seconds something like that uh and actually completed fallout new vegas in that in that short amount of time so they've been posting those uh, run-throughs on- online all week. And, uh, you know, we'll see how quick they can get it down to. You know, if I was a betting man, I'd bet that uh, the virgin ratio was about 100% on all those. <laughs> Does anybody else remember the movie Daryl? Yes, of course. It was like D. It was the acronym, right? For the Right. Yeah. 
is he doing the speed runs <laughs> uh it's I don't I don't know who they are. But they they they're just using their like you know whatever they have like handles or whatever. But I don't know. I uh, would love a study to see the overlap between people doing these speed runs and people who are always on top of the leaderboards of the shooters I play because I suspect there, there's a <laughs> lot of overlap. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I'm right there with you. Um, and just to jump back to Star Wars, I just thought this was pretty awesome. Um, you remember in um the Christmas vacation movie when Clark Griswold gets stuck in the attic and he's like putting away presents and oh, then yeah. he, fi- he finds like a really, he finds like a really old present that like he should have given to like one of his kids like years before. Yes. Well, apparently that happened with a, the mother of a star Wars fan years ago, uh, back in about 81, 82, he bought X-wing pilot, Luke Skywalker, the action figure from Kenner and was going to give it to him for christmas and forgot to do it and left it in a drawer and it's been sitting there for 33 years and she, you know she she figured out that she had forgotten to do it and then she decided well you know what i'll just wait for for a special time to give it to him and just <laughs> i guess <laughs> within 33 years of life that special time never came along she decided to give it to him uh on the release of star wars episode 7 so this guy got a 33 year old Luke Skywalker, still in box, still in shrink, still in whatever, uh, Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot action figure, which I, I don't even want to venture to guess how much is probably worth it right now. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool that his mom came through after all those years. That's pretty awesome. And yeah. here's something maybe mom can also come through with. Why did that action figure have black hair? isn't the black haired one like really stupidly rare please don't tell me that because i had that no i i seriously i there was a black one and a blonde one and one of them was like really rare oh man i had i think the misprint was the the valuable one crap that's that is the one i had because it drove me nuts that he had black hair damn it and that's why you attached it to a cherry bomb and threw it down the well, right? <laughs> no, like a lot of my stuff, my parents just arbitrarily decided it was time to get rid of it at some point. Yeah, me too, unfortunately. Back in the day, my uh, my dad got me a, a Stormtrooper because I was so Star Wars crazy. And I mean, right in front of me, he would constantly complain about how expensive that action figure was to buy. You know, thanks. <laughs> they were like two bucks. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, I know. And then... What's even funnier was years and years later when I was in college, uh, we went to, uh, you know, to some sort of geek store and there was the same stormtrooper, dingy, didn't even have a weapon in a Ziploc bag with like a $20 price tag to it. Jeez. And I was like, there you go, dad. See, see. I don't doubt it. See, it was a wise investment. Yeah, right. (laughs) Did you guys ever get the... uh the lecture when you wanted a toy that you didn't appreciate like all the food and shelter and clothing you got. And like, you yeah. should appreciate that before you ask for something else. Absolutely. Along with the, uh, the cliche, uh, the kids are starving in Africa and you want an action right. figure. You know? I mean, for the record, I'm not saying American kids aren't spoiled brats and that I probably wasn't too, but you really shouldn't hold food, shelter <laughs> and clothing over your kid's head as like a, a sweet hookup you're giving them. Right. Yeah, anything you are legally obligated to give to me should not should not be used right. as a bargaining chip. You're not you know? dying. You should appreciate that. Ah, <laughs> exactly. No, actually, that should be the default. 
Hey, Dad, you didn't use a condom, man. (laughs) Right, right. Don't bitch about the burgers you got to buy me. Exactly. No, but uh, going back a few episodes, we talked about the uh, Boba Fett action figure. Remember we talked about it being like super rare and like how like we were trying to like figure out why it was so rare and how come no one had it. Um, I, I think I figured it out. That figure and Admiral Akbar were only available if you sent in like five proofs of purchase of uh, other action figures. Okay. So you couldn't just buy them. You had to like buy five and then send in the, the little barcodes to some PO box and then wait for, you know, eight weeks for them to send you the action figure. So that, that is why sense. they were so rare. And that is why so many of the action figures are not new and shrink anymore because you had to open up, you had to cut open the box with that. That rounds out my news. All right. I'm really glad they're still excluding <laughs> female characters from Star Wars merchandise in this I, day I can't and age. It. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> shocking to me, especially Ray. I mean, she's awesome. She's badass. Like everyone loves her. Like, why would you not want to capitalize on that? She's the main character of the film. If we can't make Slave Leia, we won't make anything. (laughs) There it is. Yeah. Especially Disney, which is, I mean, you know, say what you want about them. They're pretty progressive when it comes to, you know, strong female characters to use that cliche or whatever. You know, I mean, look at all their princesses and all, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. Why, Why wouldn't you want a Jedi princess? I don't know. Are they, are they afraid like that only boys are playing with the toys and they don't want to play with the girl? I would be shocked. I heard kind of a kind of a messed up excuse for it. And, and I kind of believe it. I don't, I don't know why on earth they wouldn't do it for Monopoly because Monopoly, you can have like 20 players or whatever. But there's there's another game and it was four player. So they had, you know, two dark side, two light side. They just figured they had to include Luke. So were they going to exclude the black eye or the girl? Oh, right. Okay. They were screwed either way. I mean, here's an idea. Why don't you just make six figures and then let people choose who they want to be? Right. You know, honestly, I just would have excluded Luke at that point. He wasn't even in the damn movie. Yeah, exactly. And I think at this point, people are okay not playing with Luke Skywalker. It's not like he's, you know what I mean? Like that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be a reason I didn't buy something was because, oh, I can't play with Luke. The Luke piece should be like you have to send in your proofs of purchase. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> Like I, I gotta wonder like what your average ten year old like sitting there watching like he's like totally mesmerized and then like Ray shows up and this old dude turns around. You yeah. know who? Even if he saw the old movies, he like can't believe that's Luke. Like I saw Luke and I was like that was like, God, I hate to use this modern day slang cliche, but I got the feels as they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, big time, but you know I don't think that scene resonated with the younger audience. No, absolutely not. But like they made, they, they, I mean, just going back to Brian, what you said, I mean, that's such a blunder, just even on a, a marketing standpoint, but like even a money-making standpoint, you can make Ray and Finn and then, you know, Kylo and whoever else you want, you know, Phasma or whoever, and then make like an expansion for, you know, that people can buy for another $10 if you want to add Luke and Han and you know what I'm saying? Like, why would you not want to do that? Or, or even just make it like some sort of like, I mean, not the send in proof of purchase, but like some sort of thing where you have to go online and do this and share, you know, share their page on Facebook or something and, you know, pay shipping and handling and they'll, they'll send you the, you know, limited edition special extra characters of Luke and whatever, you know, like it just it makes no sense. At this point, I'm getting very convinced that there is like a really high up 
president over at Hasbro who still has his secretary print out his emails so he can read <laughs> yeah. them. Who says, what? Boy stuff, girl stuff. Action yeah. figures or boys. What do you mean we need a girl in there? We got that Kylo girl in there already. What do we need with another <laughs> yeah. one? Yeah. This is President Whitington. Uh, we're <laughs> not going to, we can't have that girl as our main character. <laughs> no. <laughs> what did Disney saddle with us this time? Oh my God. <laughs> it really, it kind of hurts me. I mean, I don't want to say personally because I didn't buy the thing, but. It hurts me extra because of, of of our shared interest. If they were into tabletop gaming at all, they would know people would pay $10 for a fifth player expansion. Exactly. Exactly. Or a limited edition promo. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, a, a perfect example right now, Blood Rage. Their expansion is just a fifth player with all the resulting pieces, right? Yeah, and it's like and it's like thirty bucks. It brings nothing else to the game except that you can add a fifth player. They could have easily just added that, had that in the original. Are there even any rule changes to go with? No, that? no, 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 absolutely not. It is just extra figures so that you can play with a fifth player. No, but I think, uh, but for that, I think, I, I if this is the case, and I, I've got to check out their Kickstarter. I believe that it might have been if you were a Kickstarter backer, you got that as a as a stretch goal. So then I'm not so upset about them selling it as a like selling it because if I if I'm going to be an early adopter and, and and kickstart something and I get these quote unquote exclusives and whatever and stretch goals I don't want the retail version to have that as well you know I I want to have been rewarded for putting my money up to get the game made you, you know what I'm saying so I, I if that's the case and I, I I don't think it's that bad but if not, then that's it's shitty. <laughs> They're just it's just a money grab. I think the Kickstarter creates a weird situation for Blood Rage, but now there's precedent. They could have done this, yeah. And, and especially if it's something like like ten bucks, because ten bucks is a lot easier to swallow than thirty. Yeah. Well, what what what's, ha- what's happened to me a couple times, and it's really pissed me off, is that I've kickstarted something. And, you know, I put up my money first and I paid whatever and, you know, lost the use of my money for six, you know, six months or whatever it is. And then they send me my thing and I get it and that's fine. But then the same exact product is then sold like on one of these online retailers for a a third less. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could have just not put up my money and just waited and then bought it for a third less, you know, from there. Or just or gone to my local game store and paid in paid full price, you know, bought it from the adventure game store for the same exact amount that I kickstarted for and at least supported my my, you know, our sponsor and, you know, my local my local business. I'll tell you what, and and, and I hate to rag on this poor game. I am so glad I didn't do Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yeah. (laughs) That thing is a stinker, man. They didn't even get it first. (laughs) Yeah, that game sucks. It hit retail before most of the Kickstarters had theirs. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's I think Cryptozoic, right? Yeah. And I love Cryptozoic. Don't get I love my favorite game, DC Deck Builder, is made by Cryptozoic. But you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to say they fell down on that. So are you guys taking bets on which game is going to be the first Kickstarter for Hasbro? Oh no. This is exactly what I'm saying. I think they're just so out of it, they'd never even consider that. I don't think they have anybody in place that's like savvy enough leaving money on the table man leaving money on the table not until president whitington steps down 
right? <laughs> He'll die eventually. <laughs> President Whitington. Forget golden parachute. That guy's going to get a golden casket. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's talk, uh, let's talk games of another variety, if you guys don't mind. I think we had video games in mind. And Brian, a discovery you made online in the form of uh, an article, I believe it was, sort of motivated tonight's discussion. Would you like to sort of open up discussion by, I'm using the word discuss a lot. Would you like to open up discussion by discussing the discussion you found <laughs> online? Sure. Uh, the the gist of it is there was a recent study, pretty respectable sample size, that found compulsive gamers actually had hyperconnectivity in their brain scans. So th th they did not study do people with hyperconnectivity gravitate towards video games or do video games create this hyper connectivity but either way at, at least the the four of us and probably most of our listeners we really are different i like it finally finally i'm different <laughs> finally we have have fed our listeners and ourselves with that Great story we've always wanted to hear. I knew I was different. I knew I, I, knew <laughs> and, I was special. It yeah. wasn't just my mom telling me. No one said better. <laughs> just different. Well, well, Brian, let me ask you, what is what is the benefit, if any, of this hyper-connectivity? Pretty much everything related to video games. Um, multitasking, uh, target tracking. There's uh, some problem solving. I, I have always felt this, and I can never really put a uh, a name to it, but you guys are, are apparently scientifically likely to have experienced this too. Just the patterns falling into place. Like, oh, we had this problem, and yeah, I see the solution. What do you mean you see the solution? Isn't it obvious? Mm -hmm. Like, we can read the matrix, basically. Like that kind, kind of. of, yeah. It sounds like when our AI overlords take over, we're going to be the, the first brain sacrifices for their drones. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense to me, and, and I, I'd love to see a study on where the correlation lies, whether it's, like you said, we gravitate towards games because we have that, or it's developed because we play the games. You know, what's actually really funny is that Lumosity, you know, you've, you've heard of Lumosity, they, they have all those yeah. commercials about brain, you know, games for your brain and all that, whatever. They probably are wishing they would have read this study. Um, they just got hit with a $2 million fine by the FTC because they were making claims that their games actually sharpened your skills and staved off Alzheimer's and, you know, did all that, you know, basically oh, what yeah. you're saying, what you're saying. Um, so it's almost exactly opposite to what you're saying. They're, they're getting fined by the FTC by making those claims that, Hey, your brain is going to get sharper and you know, your awareness is going to be better and your problem solving is going to increase and all that stuff. The FTC actually said that Lumosity preyed on consumers' fears about age-related cognitive decline, suggesting their games could stave off memory loss, dementia, and even Alzheimer's disease. Lumosity simply did not have the science to back up its ads. And so these games that they were putting out there purporting to you know, target and train specific areas of the brain, apparently, at least in the FTC's eyes, were bullshit. And so they fined them $2 million. 
and they had to basically let everyone that subscribes to their website out of their contract if they want. I have considered this, and I wonder if they had just had like arcade games, if it would have been more beneficial. Because their games were kind of pared down like puzzles and problem solving and things that made sense. Like, oh, yeah, if I solve a bunch of problems, I'll be smarter. But I, I don't know if if the, the, the real science behind it is like paring it down like that doesn't force you to grow. Couldn't you have just bought a Professor Layton 3DS game and then been just as good compared to Lumosity? Well, even that, I mean, Professor Layton kind of came about from the brain training games. You know, it, it was kind of a prettier package for them. But, you know, it didn't promise anything. I don't think it said, like, you know, this is to, to save your brain. I think that was clearly a, a video game that you played for fun that may have affected your... Well, here, here's where they got why they got slapped. The, the three specific reasons, the three specific claims they made that the FTC took issue with. And you'll see as it goes on, <laughs> I'll just say what they are. And then the first one was that they made a claim that their games would improve performance on everyday tasks in school, at work, and in, 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 in athletics. I'm inclined to be okay with that. I don't know what, how you guys feel, but I'm, I'm sort of on board with that. Like, I, you know, if someone made that claim about like puzzle games and stuff like that, I don't know that I would be like, no, that's bullshit that, you know, that, that can't happen. But then they go on further to say that they will delay age-related cognitive decline, protect, protect against mild cognitive impairment, dementia, and Alzheimer's disease, which where now you're starting to get into like, okay, wait a minute. Like, so you're saying if I play these games, I'm going to stave off dementia and Alzheimer's disease. That's that's a, a much tougher pill to swallow. And then yeah. they go on to say that it will reduce cognitive impairment associated with health conditions, including stroke, traumatic brain injury, <laughs> PTSD, <laughs> ADHD, the side effects of chemotherapy, Turner syndrome, and, and other like, you know, crazy diseases like that. So and they had no studies. They had no studies or academic papers to back this up at all. Well, no. Here's some no. studies that have come out recently in the past few years. the The latest one is that just gambling actually has proven to make senior citizens more, at least, more social and more interactive, which on its own is great. In fact, there's like a. It's in another country. I'd have to look it up, but. Yeah, there's like one nursing home. They have a casino or a faux casino in their uh, main area, and it's not just bingo. Um, in addition to that, uh, they've studied Buddhist monks' brains, and their constant meditation has changed their brain. And believe it or not, the streets of London are so incredibly complicated that in order to become a cabbie, you have to take this very intense test to know or to show that you know how to get your customers around. They have done a study that proved that this training and the test also gave benefits and changed the brain of the cab drivers. Well, I mean, I think the science of your brain changing is pretty well settled. I mean, every time you make new memories, the neural pathways of your brain changes. The question is, are the changes positive? 
you know, I mean, anytime you do something and, and you gain experience, you know, <laughs> to, to, you know, to coin, you know, to use a gamer term, anytime you, you know, gain XP and anything you do, your brain is changing. You're, you're adding those neural pathways. You're changing different neural pathways that that's, I think, pretty well settled in science. The question is, are any of these things actually providing you with positive health effects? And that is a much different animal. Oh yeah. That final claim I, I is pure bullshit for me, but I'm just saying, yeah. Lately, there's been some huge studies of these different activities. It's not just reconnecting, but doing massive changes to your brain. And it's been, on that note, it's also been pretty well settled that your language kind of frames the way you think and your brain thinks. Here's more anecdotal evidence, like just from my life, that that may correlate. I mean, there there's there's some research on this. Uh, hyperconnectivity between the two regions is often observed in people with poor impulse control. Uh, the quote is having these networks be too connected may increase distractibility. Hmm. Silence physically hurts me. Yeah. Same. I cannot stand a lack of stimulus. Same. I have to have something on in the background at all times. And that also makes me wonder about extreme cases of uh let's just say hemispheric <laughs> connectivity that being the stereotypical super video game nerd who is completely out of control <laughs> like once you go too far there's no coming back yeah impost control is the first thing to go then what accounts for the behavior of some of our uh companion no i won't say companions that means something to us uh our fellow player yeah not even peers some of the people with whom we find ourselves gaming (laughs) in public uh doing tabletop i mean are they also video gamers or does tabletop also elicit some uh strange brain connections maybe i mean uh correlation is not causality yeah Yeah, true 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 again yeah we're getting back to that could be what draws you to these activities in the first place. Yeah. And I think in that situation, it's tough to, I mean, you can't, you can't equate science with social up, you know, the the social aspect, you know what I mean? This is such a horrible analogy. I shouldn't make it, but I will. You know how they say like some Muslims are assholes and some Christians are assholes. Yeah. Some gamers are just assholes too. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. True enough. Well, and I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if you're if you're a gamer, tabletop or otherwise, you know, video gamer, you're into like, well, not so much now with this whole explosion of geek culture or whatever. But, you know, in our when we were growing up, I mean, chances are chances were that you were kind of one of the social outcasts, you know, and you kind of were on the fringe of, you know, you definitely weren't hanging out with the cool kids. And you definitely weren't, you know, a jock on the football team. So you kind of developed a different set of social skills than everyone else. And I think that probably plays a lot into, I think, what you were talking about, Tom, with the, some of the people that we play with. Mm. Especially like our not want to be called peers because it was harder, not harder, but it was more selective back then. Mm-hmm. Like if you had any chance in hell of being normal, you went normal and, mm-hmm. and the rest of us went this way. <laughs> yeah. Good point. 
now you can do both. You can be like more normal and still enjoy games. It's like almost okay. But mm. I mean, Chris and I were talking about 10 years ago being picked on for still, you know, you play with little army guys. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> you care? It's just completely different now. Yeah. yeah, I have to remind my kid who uh, he that he's going old geekism because he always wants to go on about I'm the brains and ha huh, these brawny types. He even tried to do a uh, an essay in high school that was proving that um, the athletic program was more of a drain and a negative impact on school. And then I think he got his A because after he made his interviews he had to write a paper that supported what he got for his interviews as compared to his agenda. I'm oh, sure I that gained him a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, his most of he interviewed teachers and things like that. He didn't interview fellow students. Didn't interview the quarterback. I was say, did, did he, if he, I, I just was thinking he had to read it in front of the class. Then he, <laughs> yeah. he'd be in big trouble. But you know, I, I, I tell him, man, if you're a geek now, uh, you, you, you got to be healthy. You got to do sports. You got to do this and that. I mean, I think the, just the definition of geek and nerd have changed. That's we true. can get into a definite discussion about the benefits of athletic programs versus their cost. But uh, I'll exercise some impulse control and not dive off onto that tangent. Instead, I will jump onto a not too divergent tangent and go back to what Brian mentioned about correlation versus causality. I'll connect that to see a pattern is emerging because I play games. Um, I'll connect that to what Chris mentioned about monks and other people who, and speakers of certain languages having certain brain connections that are made. My total layman's understanding of the brain is that it's plastic to a certain extent in that it, the, the connections get wired based on how the brain is used. Um, you're not going to get like a big alien head and get a bigger brain, but your connections are altered. I can believe that maybe we were a little crosswired to begin with and that those cross wirings, if that's a proper word, were only reinforced by our choice of hobbies growing up. I don't know if that seems plausible to you guys or not. So you're saying we're self-medicating? Uh, I'm saying like we discovered a, a like for a certain medication and fostered that uh, from an early age. Does that, does that make any sense? Like it, it seems like every, hmm, I won't say it seems like I'll, I'll let you guys speak for yourselves, but to me, it seems like a lot of kids played video games when they were young. And if you mentioned that you, like video games to somebody who's not, they'll be like, Oh yeah, I had a Nintendo when I was a kid, but only certain kids stuck with it, which makes me really wonder if we were again, born predisposed or the wiring became too strong. You know, I'm super curious about really what the cause of this is. Uh, Brian. Uh, again, we have some science on this episode, and then I'm just talking shit on, on this episode. So this is the talking shit part. I was just discussing childhood athletes with a friend. Childhood athletes, even if their health goes to shit later in life, in general, live much longer than average. Mm. And I think it's because you have such a strong heart to grow everything else that you can't help. Like even, even if you, you know, like I said, like even if your health goes downhill later, 
you're starting from like 50,000 feet instead of 25,000 feet. So you've got a lot further to fall. And I kind of wonder if it's the same thing. I kind of wonder if maybe, you know, let's just say our little mutation, the, the start of hyperconnectivity builds greater hyperconnectivity much faster than other people might or, or builds other connections much faster than anyone else might. Mm, that's an interesting thought. That little, that little foot in the door might be a much bigger factor than any of us realize. Yeah, actually. That that, that kind of makes sense, especially when you draw the when you make the comparison to the child athlete. Yeah. Interesting. But what is it what do you think it means? So we weren't saying better. We were saying different, but do you think it's it gives you a comparative advantage or disadvantage? I don't like words like distractibility being associated with it, but I have to confess, sometimes I think I've got a hummingbird brain. Like I'm in the space of that of time that I should be focusing on one task, I'll focus on four and I won't necessarily not get the goal done, but how do I put this? If I'm, I either get in the zone for a task to, to get something done or I have to like constantly switch context. So as not to be, I guess like Brian put it uncomfortable. It might take you twice as long to complete four tasks. Or, or it might take you twice as long to complete a task, but you complete four at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how my typical day to, day goes. Like I get, and I, I really do well when I have a lot of projects that I'm juggling work-wise because I can advance on all fronts. Like if I have one single thing to work on, I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta fill this time with something else too. Maybe I'm less effective, but I don't feel like I am. I haven't gotten any complaints. Cam, <laughs> what about you? I mean, you were probably chasing multiple ambulances during your career, correct? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like Brian was saying, I, I can't stand silence. I love just having just chaos. Like I love having a bunch of things going on at once. I don't like, I can't just sit for an hour and do one thing. Like I need to be like, I need to have multiple windows open or even multiple screens going, you know, fielding phone calls, sending texts, do, you know, just for whatever reason, it, it just, I do much better with multiple stimuli and multiple areas of, I guess, even pressure, if you want to call it that, like, you know, just so that like, it sort of focuses my concentration on a bunch of different things at once or a bunch of different things in succession, uh, rather than just focusing on one task and, you know, putting in a bunch of hours on that one thing. And I think that is from gaming. I think that is from, uh, I, I mean, again, like, like you were saying, I don't know if, if I was just born like that and that's why I gravitated towards gaming or, you know, my brain was trained to, uh, work like that because of gaming, you know, because when you're playing games, obviously there's so many different things going on at once. You need to be tracking, uh, you know, multiple things on multiple different levels and, you know, keeping an eye on long-term strategy versus short-term strategy. And, you know, it's just so many things going on at once. You have to just keep, you know, you have to be open to all that. And so, you know, I'd be more inclined to think that my brain was trained to be that way. Mm just growing up playing games um, as opposed to what, if I was a, say, I don't know, like a, a, a reader or just a, a just a strict reader or writer. And, and I w could sit down and just write pages and pages and pages or read, you know, pages and pages and pages. Cause even reading same thing, like I love to read and I read a lot, but you know, it's, if it's not the 
audiobook thing where I just put on, leave it in the background, you know, it's, it's hard for me to read more than 50 to a hundred pages in one sitting. Mm, I could, I can kind of sympathize. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's hard for some people to read a single page in one sitting. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not, I mean, that sounds like snarky or whatever, but I, I know people who just like struggle with reading. Oh, reading this sucks. I don't want to. Uh. Yeah. And it's not even that I don't want to, I want to, it's just that like, you know, you get to that point where you're, you've read a, a page and then you realize that you don't remember anything you just read because you were thinking about seven other things. Cam, do you find yourself while reading, getting to the end of a chapter and then realizing that you read it, but <laughs> we're, do, we're doing something else with your mind during the passage of the chapter? Yeah, certainly. Yes, uh, yes. Certainly, certainly. But you know, what's funny is that reading, I don't retain as much if I'm, if, when I'm physically reading. But when I'm listening to an audiobook, I can be doing five other things and and know exactly what's going on in the book at the same time, though. Mm, yeah. So it, I don't know if it's because it's the different sort of stimuli. Like I can write, uh, like you know, I could draft a legal document while I'm listening to an audiobook and draft a legal document. You know, I think pretty competently, hopefully, and at the same time also know what's going on in the book. But vice versa, I wouldn't be able to read the book and be thinking about like a legal question at the same time. Yeah, you know, that that's funny. That ha- that actually happened to me today. I had something on in the background that I was listening to and I found a solution to a problem I was working on at the same time. And like now the two are connected, like yeah. solving the problem feels like the thing I was listening to when I solved it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I couldn't have solve the problem without listening to the thing <laughs> it's isn't that bizarre <laughs> it, no it, it totally is I, I i i've totally been there let me do a little informal poll of you guys uh just a yes or no answer will suffice do you while recording episodes of the nerd extravaganza podcast refrain from any and all activities other than conversing Meaning, do you not surf the, do you avoid surfing the internet? Do you avoid reading? Do you avoid doing absolutely anything else? Does this have your undivided attention at all times while we're recording? Brian? Can, can I extrapolate or do, do you do, just want yes yeah, or no? Do, 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 do. It's fine. I, I could not possibly do that. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, I, while you were asking that question, I just realized I'm, I'm multitasking. I have the study that I'm reading in one on one monitor and I'm using my phone to read something else. Like I, I, it, it's, it's so bad. It has to be multiple devices now. I, I like that. If you're one of these multitaskers and I'm not saying you guys are, I'd love to hear what you're up to right now. Yeah. That, that was, that was good, Brian. Yeah, no, same here. I am texting my companion. I'm talking to you. I'm monitoring something I've bid on eBay and I'm like looking at articles about what you're, what we're talking about. So in fairness, I will say, I'd say 80% of my outside of talking, uh, activities is related to to the show. (laughs) What about you, Chris? (laughs) I plead the fifth. I I'm totally, (laughs) utterly focused and not doing anything else. All right. In fact, for me, I'm a little more low tech, but I still have this the same thing going on. And part of the reason I'm low tech is because the internet distracts me too much. You know, a research project may end up going down a rabbit hole for me, or I'm writing something, but I'm bouncing back and forth too much. So sometimes I find instead of a, a lack of silence bothering me, I embrace that silence because it makes my brain rev up. 
writing longhand now is good for being really creative for me because my brain is trying to do something to stimulate me because I'm not listening and I'm not on the internet. I'm so happy to have my phone that's my Kindle Lite because usually when I go like on a long trip airplane wise, or if I can take the passenger seat in a car, I won't bring one book. I'll bring like two or three books plus my writing stuff and bounce back and forth between them or read and then like make a note to the side sort of thing. I'm amazed that you can write longhand. I mean, I I, I, I don't think I can even write cursive at this point anymore. <laughs> well, it's not cursive. It's more, I have a whole little system. I don't know if you really want to get into it right now on, on how I do my writing now, but uh, for fiction stuff, because it's a whole, it's, it's not just slapping it on the page. There's a system and a method to it. Yeah, it's your process, man. Yeah. It is. It is. What about you, Tom? You got to buck up as well. You got yeah. to cop, cop to what you do. You brought it up, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking up the cheap Android phones to include the blue phones that I discussed. BLU. <laughs> I've got an article up about Vince McMahon's workout routine as he made a recent appearance on Raw. And this is the, guy, this is the, the head honcho at WWE. And uh, the guy is in incredible shape. Like, in a, he's seventy years old, and like, I've never been in as good shape as he is in. God damn, is he seventy? Yeah, but you know how much you know how much human growth hormone that guy's oh, probably pumping it, pumping up his ass. I mean, w- without without a question, the man is probably yeah, probably medically enhanced. But the fact remains, he does some brutal workouts too. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. I mean, he probably does use some performance enhancers, but the. Still, it's inspiring to see a 70-year-old man that jacked. I've got uh, numerous tabs related to virtual reality uh, PhDs <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> advanced uh, study of virtual reality. And let's see, what else do I have open here? Uh, a couple more articles. Da, da, da. Oh, I've got the <laughs> the Luke Skywalker, uh, the stupid Luke Skywalker. The black hair. Black, black hair, blonde hair thing, yeah. <laughs> and uh of course facebook where i'm perusing different nerd related groups and stuff like that so yeah i've got quite a lot going on while i'm discussing with you guys well that is a that is a testament to your multitasking abilities because you are always the consummate professional (laughs) well you know the show doesn't suffer for it i think like if we were all forced to like just sit here and stare at a wall while talking we might not enjoy it as much no for yeah exactly and i think a lot of times those things that we're doing lead us to you know interesting topics of discussion too yeah so we'll just go with that yeah we'll roll with that (laughs) (laughs) but um that said guys uh oh man i'm distractible we can't talk about this now we'll talk about it later (laughs) i don't know it's it's germane video games and how they affect your brain just to let you guys know the playstation vr um not the, is it the PlayStation VR? No, I'm sorry. The Oculus, if you should happen to get your hands on one, one of the games they're featuring is Eve Valkyrie. If you're not down for the $600 expense and computer rig necessary for that, there is an Eve Valkyrie comic currently running that I'm collecting. Hmm. So you can get a little taste of that universe in this reality. Interesting. I don't know if that was news or just an impulsive thing, but it, that seemed to kind of hit all the notes of this episode. Dovetailed nicely. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of this episode, I don't know. I think we had a pretty interesting dis- 
discussion on video gamers brains. Are there any other points you wanted to hit Brian or anybody else? I, I want to hit one more point, but I'm, I'm a, a little worried that this is just a little too masturbatory. <laughs> okay. Especially in context of the nerd explosion or geek explosion or whatever. I really wonder if this is like a cusp period. Maybe we were just precursors, you know, maybe we got the mutation first because I mean, everybody needs that stimulus now like you i mean people sit down for like five seconds to wait for their order at burger king and they're on their phone i can't wait for five seconds i'd better check the news <laughs> yes yes but i think that's a function of of just the media though right like i mean it's available so why not yeah well yeah i mean it's not only is it available but that's just how we receive information now everything is you know 15 20 30 second sound bites and that's it you know move on move on move on move on it's just video age. yeah we can't i mean there's no you know gone are the days of like you know like 60 minutes can, you know can you that show i can't believe it's even still on i mean it's like you know who's gonna sit for 60 minutes through you know through something when there's all these other things that are going on i know for a personal note for me uh, before the internet, I always had a paperback book in my back pocket. Yeah. So for me, I, I've always been like that. So that, for that whatever your, it is. Yeah, I your, had to have your, something. Your, your PDA, your exactly. early PDA. <laughs> <laughs> and funny enough, I never had to worry about a connection to something else in order to get that book to work. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. No, I always, I always had comics with me or I had my Walkman or I had something going on, you know. This this will definitely sound maybe a little masturbatory, but I got the first iPhone when it came out. And so I got, I was one of the first people I knew that had a smartphone because I wasn't that, well, there were the Blackberries and so on. But, um, so I used my iPhone with my crappy edge connection, which was very slow, but you know, I would be like looking at my phone a lot compared to everyone else around me whose phones were in their pockets most of the time. And that earned me the nickname among my coworkers of Captain Distraction because I, <laughs> because like I would be looking like, for example, if we were sharing a computer or somebody was looking, I would be looking up other stuff and nobody really got what I was doing. It just seemed like I was constantly in my phone and I never really rub it in their faces, but it's magical to be sitting around with my coworkers and have, see all of them with their phones, jam with their faces jammed in their smartphones and just think, you know, the only reason it was remarkable is because I was the outlier. And now you guys are in your phones more than I ever was. I feel your pain, Tom. I feel your pain. I used to have one girlfriend. The rule was I had to put my smartphone upside down on the table on silent when we were eating. Always. Until she got her own smartphone. And then the rules changed, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Suddenly the <laughs> rules changed. My phone was still on the table and she was playing with hers. Oh. <laughs> Until I went, can I pick up mine now? No. Well, wait. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just want to point out that um, everybody needs the distraction that we once craved, to Brian's point. And just like we've been vindicated on the geek culture and Star Wars front, so too we've been vindicated on the gadget front. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're fully vindicated at this point, guys. I think we can, I think our mission's done. This could be our last episode. We, we win. <laughs> we won. It was a war of attrition. Yes. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, that said, uh, unless you guys have anything else, we can hit the power button on this console and call this an episode. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. I'll start. And I'll start by saying... 
you can come back for every installment of this video game series we like to call the Nerd Travaganza Podcast, featuring no video, but some really top quality audio. You can do that by subscribing to us on iTunes, checking us out on Stitcher, or at some point in the future, we're told, checking us out on Google Play Music. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circles, and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group on Facebook all at the same time. Head on over to our website, nerdstravaganza.com, and check out this and all of our back episodes. You can also check out all of our video content on YouTube by typing nerdstravaganza into the handy-dandy search bar. And you can send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. And the final level now beaten, Chris, I think it's up to you to take us away. Uh, uh, what? What? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I was busy playing Wastelands 2 and writing five paragraphs and Facebooking and uh, uh, <laughs> this, this Twitter thing is awesome. By the way, I think it says a lot that this episode got so off the beaten path. Like ev- evidence of our distractibility was all yeah. throughout the episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Irony. <laughs> all right, guys, that Just saying. is a wrap.